and welcome to the latest Science of Sport podcast. I'm your host Matt Solomon and today I'm delighted to be joined by Brittany Johnson. So Brittany is an associate professor at Temple University and her research specializes in looking at health and human performance specifically in tactical athletes. So she's looked at how she can identify different nutrition gaps in those populations with a specific look at firefighters, which makes her the perfect person today to discuss how you can learn from the firefighters exactly how you can improve your nutrition strategies to enhance performance. So without further ado, it's time to welcome Brittany onto the show. So Brittany, welcome to the Science of Sport podcast. It is an absolute pleasure to have you here. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Thank you very much. So for those who don't know who you are, can you give us a quick introduction as to who you are and what you've been up to until now? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a professor at Temple University in Philadelphia in the United States, and I specifically work in our Department of Kinesiology, training future dietitians. So I am a sports dietitian by training, as well as been working with tactical athletes during my research, more specifically for those that are unfamiliar with that term of tactical athletes. It looks at law enforcement, military, and firefighters. And my particular population that I've been working with is firefighters. Cool. That's what I've been up to the last several years. That's super interesting, right? Because it's a population that maybe doesn't normally get as much attention in the in the athletics world. So um, what then what then are the specific demands that firefighters face which maybe other people don't have? Yeah, that's a great question because I think oftentimes we don't consider tactical athletes real athletes because we typically go to football players, um, you know baseball players and so forth. So some of the unique aspects that firefighters really face are really major health concerns that are related to a lot of prevention through lifestyle factors. And in my area, we really look at the nutrition part. So firefighters have higher risk of obesity, which is kind of counterintuitive, I think, because when we look at firefighters, I think we often think of them as these really fit people that go in and fight fires. Um, But because of their job demands, they actually have a higher rate of obesity. And with that, they also have a higher rate of cardiovascular disease, cancers. Um, They do have a high rate of depression as well, just because of their day-to-day work of what they see. So all of these are kind of related. And then they end up having sleep problems, which if anybody knows, a good night of sleep is very important for overall health. And so we're really trying to look at how do we actually prevent these health concerns developing in firefighters and some of the theories behind why they're higher risk for these health concerns is because of their job demands. So typically firefighters will work anywhere from a 24 to 48 hour shift and they're getting woken up in the middle of the night. So their sleep gets dysregulated, which then impacts their ability to have the energy to go exercise which of course we know is beneficial for overall health. And then as well as we choose more fatty foods and high sugary foods when we're sleep deprived. So it's this kind of mixture of issues um, that ultimately put them at a higher risk of these health concerns that we're really looking at trying to combat those. It's super interesting. And I imagined... Like when, when we talk about firefighters, right, you imagine these, these calendar guys who are all completely jacked and maybe there are some of those guys in there. But yeah, it's very interesting to hear that actually there's, there's a higher rate of obesity than expected and the general health concerns are, are pretty pressing. Um, so what then do you think are the, the key lessons which 
general population can learn from firefighters because obviously they have they have different problems. But what are the things that we can take from that and then apply to general population examples? Yeah, I think the biggest piece that we take for granted in general population is our ability to sleep through the night. And while some of us may have sleep problems in the general population, firefighters are getting woken up in the middle of the night. And so they're in this constant state of readiness is what I've been told from them, where even when they go home, they don't sleep very well on their days off and they're supposed to catch up on their sleep, but they don't have that ability. So I think really good sleep hygiene is important for general population that we can learn from firefighters because we do have more flexibility in our schedules since we're typically not working a night shift. Um, Because sleep, again, really does impact our ability to go and exercise, our ability to choose healthier foods. Um, And so being able to get an adequate night's rest of at least eight hours is really important um, because that just ultimately feeds into our ability to be present in the day get in good physical activity, and then choose healthier foods. So it's sort of this cyclic effect where if we don't sleep well, we're not exercising and we're eating poorly, where if we can really address the sleep problem, we can have that energy to go exercise and then choose more nutritious foods. And, and when it comes to those foods then, what are, the, what are the key things that you think firefighters should be doing to make sure that they're fueled up and ready to go? Yeah. So this is a really interesting conversation that we've had with the firefighters in their stations because they often are out on calls and they don't know what their day is going to bring. Right. Where, I mean, you and I, we have a set schedule. We kind of understand when we have breaks to maybe go get a nutritious lunch. But for firefighters, they could be out on a call for four, five, six hours. Or if they're out on fire suppression, so there's an actual wildfire occurring, they don't have access to those nutritious foods. So we talk a lot about having kind of healthier snacks in the actual fire engine or the fire truck and being able to have something like dried fruit that doesn't have added sugars in it, a handful of nuts. So that way, when they are out and about, they can fuel up uh, with more nutritious foods versus running through the local fast food chain and getting something that's highly processed. I can imagine it's pretty difficult to go to McDonald's when you're fighting a fire, right? So having some <laughs> preparation is uh, is pretty good as well. Um, are, there, are there things that you think uh, that are currently chosen, which are like, you know what, like that's just a, just a really poor decision? Um, do you see that kind of stuff happening all the time? Or is it more like every so often this, this combination hits and they think, yeah, well, I'm just going to get whatever's convenient? You know, that's really dependent upon the actual fire station. So when I'm working with these firefighters, some fire stations, they're going out on calls eight to 10 times throughout the day, where others, they don't even get a single call. So the firehouse that doesn't get a call has the ability to go to the local grocery store, shop for their meals and cook at the fire station because most of them have a full kitchen inside of them. Whereas The fire station that's on calls constantly all day long, they don't have the luxury of cooking at home in their fire station. So we talk a lot about when you're out at these fast food joints, what are the more healthier options that you can choose? Because that's your only option. And do they not bring like a packed lunch or is that very English? (laughs) That's that's pretty English, I think, for especially the firefighters. And, you know, traditionally, what I've seen is that a lot of them don't even eat breakfast. So they'll come to work, you know, typically they come on at 7 a.m., 7.30, depending on the actual department. They don't eat breakfast. They might have a light little lunch, like a sandwich. And then 
The firehouse culture, at least here in the United States, is very focused on these big dinner portions. And so that's something that's trying to shift and not change because they have the older kind of theory and thought is that, well, we need to fuel up in case we get a call in the middle of the night. We need to make sure that we have this energy. So we're going to eat these really large portions. I'm going to get seconds, even though I'm not hungry. And so it goes to a lot of just talking about portion control and looking at well, we don't need a second portion right now. And then let's have some of those snacks in the fire truck, just in case you do get a call in the middle of the night and you're gone for a long time. I think that's that's super interesting how you can adjust things a little bit and maybe get a breakfast in, uh, choose some healthier options and actually split those calories throughout a longer time period if you even need them. Um, And then when we look at applying that to to general population, do you have any little uh, tips and tricks like those uh, things that you just mentioned? that people can use to then improve their diet generally or get some get some additional benefits for their for their sporting performance. Yeah, I think in general we actually are not consuming the right kind of calories if you look at the general population. And so focusing on I always told the firefighters protein and produce at every meal and I think that that can be applied to the general public as well because we're not consuming enough fruits and vegetables. And so if we can make a conscious effort to add in more whole fruits, more whole vegetables into our meals and snack time, right there, we're going to get the automatic benefits of having more fiber in our diet, which higher fiber intake helps reduce obesity. It helps reduce cardiovascular disease, cancer. And then as well as we get all those beneficial micronutrients that are important for sport performance, right? So potassium, for example, helps with muscle contraction. So being able to consume higher potassium intake really comes from eating at least five servings of fruits and vegetables per day. And right now, the average person is not even consuming one cup of fruits and vegetables per day. So it's just kind of making a conscious effort to choose less of the highly processed foods and incorporate more of those whole plant-based foods. I think that's absolutely excellent. And for, for the people who then do need to pick up some fast food, wherever it might be, whatever, for whatever reason, and they want to make a slightly healthier decision, which is something you mentioned earlier, what then do you recommend to people when they have to go somewhere and eat uh, a quick, easy, simple thing, which maybe they know isn't good for them, but they can make a little bit of a better decision? Yeah, I think the really good thing about this more health-focused world that we're moving towards is that there are more healthier options available at these fast food joints. And being able to select those typically is something like a salad and a lean chicken. Uh, One of the things I recommend is that if there is chicken on the salad, make sure that it's not fried chicken. And if it is, ask for the grilled chicken because that's a really easy way to reduce trans fat and also reduce the extra caloric intake that we might not necessarily need. But one thing that you need to be cautious of is the additives to the salads. So for example, the salad dressing can add loads of extra calories that we really don't need, especially since they're coming from not the healthiest sources. So asking for the salad dressing on the side, and then just, you know, briefly putting a little bit of a drizzle over your salad instead of dousing the whole thing um, can help be a little bit healthier choice as well. Um, a lot of these places also have uh, sort of grain bowls. So it might have some type of quinoa or brown rice as the base and then adding in some vegetables. 
Um, you know, you're certainly not going to find that at a McDonald's, but there are other more kind of fast casual restaurants that do have those options now to where you can make a little bit healthier choices. And with that, asking them to double the vegetable portion is a good one as well. I think that's some, some excellent advice. And when you bring this all together, then you look specifically at firefighters and you can design, let's say, their entire daily meal, uh, their meal plan or their what they're doing with snacks into the night. How would you then look at doing that in terms of a case study from waking up all the way through to calls in the middle of the night? Yeah, so this is a really cool case study that I've worked with a firefighter previously, relatively young, newer as a firefighter, but wanting to start out well and have good habits throughout his career. So we identified that he really doesn't have a lot of protein or meals in the morning because he would wake up and just eat oatmeal for breakfast and then go to work. So we talked about adding in more protein, whether that was a protein shake or a protein bar because he had to drive about an hour in to work and then adding a banana or some type of fruit that's easy to take on the road, like an apple. So when we started working together, again, he wasn't eating anything in the morning. He was eating maybe a light sandwich at lunch, and then dinner was whatever the firehouse was cooking. So we started incorporating, just to begin with, the protein and fruit in the morning time. And he expressed automatically from that after three weeks of doing that of, I already feel so much healthier and so much more energy throughout the day. And I said, oh, what a concept. <laughs> you know, you're eating this calories and you're actually able to move your body because at this particular firehouse, they would do their exercise at 9 a.m. if, you know, they didn't get out on a call. And so he said, I feel like my energy is so much higher and I'm able to get more out of my exercise. Um, so he started doing that. And then we started looking at how do we alter the lunch? But what we found is that the lunchtime tended to be really busy at his firehouse. So we ended up just keeping his lunch the way it was. And at dinner time, I recommended for the firefighters to try new recipes um, and really look at focusing on boosting the vegetable intake because before they would make pasta with bread. And I said, okay, those are okay options, but let's look at possibly adding in a lot more of that produce the way we talked about previously. So they started adding broccoli into their dinner time because that's something that's really easy for them to cook. And if they go out on a call, it wasn't a big deal. And so again, when he started actually meeting his calorie intake, he felt so much more energy uh, because that's something that we have seen with firefighters consistently is that they're not consuming enough calories. And then of the calories that they are consuming, they're lacking protein and then they're lacking those nutrient dense foods. So we worked slowly to get that firefighter up to meeting their calorie goals by incorporating more of that breakfast and then incorporating more of that produce at dinner time. And he ended up actually changing his body fat percentage by about 3% during those months that I worked with him. And he didn't need to really change his body composition too much. But what he said is, I really love that I can feel the difference when I'm actually doing my activity and my exercise. And I have so much more energy throughout the day afterwards. So I think that that's just a really cool, just overall for anybody who's active is that food really is fueling your performance and you can get so much more out of your actual exercise session if you have adequate calories. I think that's an absolutely fantastic message. So Brittany, massive thanks for your time today. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I'm sure everyone does who's uh, listening as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Cheers. And that's it once again. A massive thanks to Brittany for all of her work on today's podcast. I really appreciate it and I'm sure you do at home too. 
Before you leave, I want to point you in the direction of our Coach Academy. Now, the Coach Academy is a series of mini lectures broken down into bite-sized chunks. So if you enjoyed today's podcast on nutrition and you want to get some more great nutrition information, you can get a seven-day free trial to the Coach Academy using the link in the show notes. So just click that link in a few seconds' time. And of course, if you have enjoyed today's podcast, I would really appreciate it if you can give us a quick like and a share on social media. That means that we can keep bringing you the best possible guests and the best possible content. And that's it. Once again, a massive thanks from me. I'm Matt Solomon for Science of Sport, and I'll speak to you next week.